Hello, everyone. Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are today. My name's Emily. I'm one of the English uh, tutors and streamers here at Chatterbug. Um, if we haven't met before, uh, I'm from Canada originally, also spent some time living in the UK, and currently I'm streaming to you from Panama. So if you've seen some of my other streams, maybe you'll know that I have a camper van, so I am back in my camper van now, <laughs> um, making plans to ship from Panama to Colombia. And if you have any questions about that, go have a look at my stream about the Darien Gap or about overlanding. I also did one on how to build a camper van. So if you're interested in what it is I'm up to, um, you can go check out those other streams. But I'm very happy to be back in my camper van. I just got it out of storage yesterday here in Panama. So come say hello in the chat. Um, hi, Nat Punch. How are you doing today? Sarah D we have there. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about a topic that unites us all around the world. Um, we're talking about foodies, food in general. Um, so a foodie, it's a term that's fairly new, and it refers to someone who has a particular interest in food. They could be also called like a gourmet. So we'll use the French word to describe someone who is really, you know, food is a very important topic for them. Um, so I'm curious to know, are you a foodie, would you consider yourself someone who really loves food? You know, you'll travel far for it, you'll cook, spend a lot of time cooking. Um, let's see who else we have here. Emilio from Italy, Marcel Nazdaruba, Hadis, Serdi from Turkey, Licia, Mamacita going to South Africa tomorrow. Very exciting. I think there's a couple of streams on South Africa if you want to get some ideas. Aram, nice to see you again, too. Yeah, I was busy for a couple of days as I was going to pick up my camper van and doing some logistics for shipping to Colombia. Emilio gives the example of going to New York just to eat food. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. I mean, definitely for me, too, there's been some places where food was the highlight of a trip. So, um most of us are saying that we love food. Not everyone. Some people, food, they might see it as more of, you know, it's just fuel or it's just something that they eat to kind of keep, keep going for the day. So I'm curious to know, what do you think is the best food? Is the best food your family's? So you would say that your mom cooks the best food in the world. Is it what you cook? So you are a chef or you consider yourself to, you know, be the best at choosing which spices to use. Um, do you think Michelin star restaurants? So those are restaurants that have received um, rewards or recognition um, for being the best. Your local hole in the wall restaurant. So that might be kind of like a family restaurant that's just around the corner, but you think it has the best food. Or if it's somewhere else um, that I haven't included, tell me in the chat. And let's see what else people are saying. So Miguel says, in Spain, there's tortilla, uh, so um, Spanish omelet, we call it in English, the tortilla de batata, um, fried fish, Mediterranean food. Halvis from Germany, hello, Sonia, Tunisia. Uzbek food is unknown, but very delicious. Nuridin, give us some examples of what you would have for Uzbek food. Um, 
Victor from Mexico. I love Mexican food. That's some of my favorite food in the world. And everyone's very sweet here. So everyone's saying their family. So everyone thinks their mom or their dad or maybe sister or, or their partner cooks the best. Um, maybe they've learned exactly what it is you love. And so that's why they make the best food for you. Sonia likes to try new recipes. Sonia, tell me if you like to try recipes from other cultures. What's your favorite thing to cook? Okay, as you can see, this is a very, this is a topic that definitely unites us all. Um, Nasdar, give us an example of Kurdish food. You say it's very delicious. Perfect. So most people saying my family's excellent. And I would actually say for me, um, I usually quite like what I cook. So I like to put a lot of spices and a lot of flavor in my food. I like to add lots of sauce. So that's some of my favorite. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to go through five cuisines from around the world that are particularly known to have good food. And so people might even travel just to go and try this food. And then we'll see which one sounds the best to you. Okay, so the first one is Korean. So South Korean food, they use a mix of rice, veggies, and meats. In the picture here, you have what's called a bibimbap. So it would have those rice, veggie, and meat mixtures with maybe an egg on top. Often they serve it. It'd be nice and spicy. So I love spicy food. So for me, this would be really tasty. Some of the other ingredients they use are sesame oil, soy sauce, garlic, ginger, pepper flakes. So that's like little pieces of pepper and fermented red chili paste. Um, so in the picture, we have the bibimbap. Kimchi is a fermented cabbage. That's really tasty as well. That's common to eat in South Korea. And something interesting called jokebal, which is pig's feet. So I'm not very, I'm not personally very adventurous when it comes to trying different types of meats. Um, maybe you're a vegetarian in, this, in the chat today. Um, so maybe you wouldn't eat it either. But yeah, for me, I don't know if I'd want to eat, eat pig's feet. <laughs> um, and yes, GG, different location today, not close to the beach. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a sort of like industrial part of Panama right now in my camper van because um, after Chatterbug today, I'm going to be working on some projects, uh, getting my van ready to ship. So I'm in sort of an industrial area today, not by the beach, sadly. <laughs> um, okay, so that's Korean food, very tasty. Let's keep going. So Portuguese food is another one which is unique and tasty. They do a spicy chicken um, for their street food. Uh, one of their desserts, which is very famous, is called pastel de nata. So it's like a little tiny pie, a little custard tart. Um, they also eat a lot of dried codfish. So again, not something for me. I'm not a big fan of fish. But you will, when you go to the grocery stores in Portugal, you'll see an entire section um, of these salted codfish hanging. So I think this might be popular in some other um, some other parts of uh, of the world as well. Let me know in the in the fish. Is that something you would eat? This sort of dried uh, dried fish, and of course some port wine for dessert. So that's the really uh, full flavored, delicious wine that you would usually have at the end of a meal. Um, okay, perfect. The next, my favorite, 
Mexican food, one of my favorites. Um, I think we have some Mexican people in the chat too. So that's a lot of corn, beans, tomato, chili peppers are important for the flavors too. Um, chili con carne, which means with meat, uh, tacos, quesadillas, guacamole, my absolute favorite sauce in the world, uh, enchiladas and empanadas. These are some of the examples of uh, recipes and items that you could get at a Mexican restaurant, or you could make it home if you can find the ingredients. And of course, the drink to put it all down would be with a margarita, which is made with tequila. So Mexican food for me is definitely one of my favorite. And Alan in the chat says also loves Mexican food. Okay, perfect, let's see here. And Moki says, inviting me to Uzbekistan to try um, plov, which is the symbol of Uzbek food. Tell me what is in plov? How do you make it? And Alex loves Peruvian food. Yes, I think Peruvian food really in the last five to 10 years is becoming more and more popular. So in different international cities around the world, you start to see a lot more Peruvian restaurants too. <laughs> and yes, Victor, in Mexico, you have more than tacos, of course. My favorite Mexican dish is actually mole, uh, mole negro, which is a, a kind of spicy sauce made with chocolate. Sounds a bit weird, but you have it with chicken and it's super good. That's my favorite Mexican dish. Okay. Next, one of my favorites as well. As I mentioned, I love spices and sauce. So this is the perfect cuisine for me. Um, and with Indian food, you're going to find a lot of great vegetarian options. Um, so many people in India are vegetarians. So that means that if you go travel there, you're not going to have to worry about finding a good selection. They also make uh, nice homemade breads and cheese, the bread called naan. And the cheese that would be used in some main dishes um, is called paneer. And then Alan says mole negro is from Oaxaca. Yes, they do a Oaxaca version. I think there's also a, a version from Puebla, which is very nice. Mole poblano, mole oaxaqueño. <laughs> Those are my favorite Mexican dishes. Um, for Indian dishes, though, I would say my favorite would be dal, which is made with lentils. So those are like small little beans. I think it might be the dish on the right hand side here. And then I also really love, um, what do I also really love? Any really spicy curry. So like a jalfrezi would be perfect for me. Let me know in the chat if you have a favorite Indian dish. And then Alessio talking about the food in Sicily, which is really tasty. So sometimes you don't even want anything else, maybe is Italian. So I think this is one of the most famous cuisines worldwide that everyone loves. And here it's, you know, often it can be quite simple ingredients, um, but it's all about having really high quality and fresh ingredients. So like having the tomatoes, which are perfectly ready, nice bread, um, olive oil, it's good quality. And so, of course, in the picture, we have a, a pizza, one of the most famous Italian dishes in the shape of a, a Italian flag there. Um, all different types of pasta, caprese salad, and panna cotta for dessert. Um, there are many, many other dishes, and I'm sure that a lot of you love this. Um, 
Okay, Sonia says in Tunisia, it's in the north of Africa, and so it's kind of a meeting point for African and European cultures, um, meeting on the Mediterranean there. So you get kind of a mix of Italian, Spanish, South African, nomadic. Very cool. That sounds super tasty. I would love to go to Tunisia and come try the food. Perfect. Yeah, if anyone else wants to share in the chat about some of the dishes from their country, um, give us all ideas of where maybe we should travel and go try new food. Okay, so there was just five of the really popular countries in the world for food. Which one sounds the best to you? So if you're from this country, try to choose a different one. So if you're Mexican, don't try to choose Mexican. Choose another country. Um, but which of the five options? If someone said, hey, let's go out for dinner um, to this new hmm, restaurant, this new Korean Portuguese, Mexican, Indian, or Italian restaurant, which one would sound the best to you? Now, if you asked me today, I think it's been a long time since I've had Indian food, and that's one of my favorites. So I would probably go for Indian food today. Um, let's see here. Farina says Persian food is great. Give us some example of some Persian dishes, Farina, in the chat. Okay, and yes, the most, I think the most famous cuisine that you will find all over the world is Italian that most people are suggesting. Okay, and so as some of you mentioned in the chat that you like to cook, you like to try new dishes. If you're cooking something that's not your home country's meals, um, give us an example of a, a dish or a cuisine that you make. What would be kind of your go-to if you were gonna make something from another culture? So for me, for example, um, I love to make guacamole, which is that uh, Mexican sauce with avocado, some garlic, some cilantro or coriander, they call it in the UK, um, some onions, some different spices. So that's one of my favorite things to make. Um, I also like to make pad thai. So that's a nice kind of peanutty sauce with noodles, a Thai dish and some chicken. I love to cook that. So Farina says Persian kebab is the best, excellent. Yeah, one of my best friends, um, I've gone to her family's house and she's Persian. And so we had some delicious Persian foods. Uh, every week they do like a big, big meal with the family. It was really nice. Um, Nat Punch asks if I've ever tried Russian food. Yes, I went to um, St. Petersburg. When did I go? Just before COVID, I think it was. Yeah, 2019 um, for four or five days. And I stayed with a friend there who's, who is Russian. So she showed me around to a few restaurants, which was really nice. We went to a couple kind of more traditional ones. Um, Perfect. Lots of ideas making me hungry. <laughs> I've just had a small breakfast so far. I'll have to go eat something more after. Yeah, it's about seven in the morning here in Panama, where I am currently. Okay, so let's see what people are saying they would cook. Chinese foods go to, Italian and Spanish, desserts. Yeah, it's always fun to make desserts from all over the world. There's so many creative ideas. Italian and Chinese 
because of the pasta with Italian and vegetables with Chinese. Yeah, doing like a nice stir fry with some soy sauce or something. I love that as a go-to. Uh, doner kebab, super tasty. Um, love cooking paella, but Italian. From Saudi Arabia, the most famous is kabsa and burritos for Sonia, Chinese food. Excellent. So yeah, lots of us are very, very international here. We like to try all sorts of different type of food. Okay, so I'm going to now go through a few points of food etiquette. So people might have different kind of approaches around the world for what would be considered rude, um, what would be considered polite, any sort of superstitions around food. Um, so as I go through these next five, let me know if any come to mind for your own country. Um, let's see. <laughs> okay, so first up we have China. So there's a couple of uh, kind of points for being polite in China. One is that you should always leave some food on your plate. So in other cultures, if you don't eat everything on your plate, people might think, oh, they didn't, they didn't like it, they left something behind. However, in China, if you don't leave a little bit on your plate, then it suggests that the food wasn't filling enough. And so your host is going to think, oh, no, I didn't provide enough food. Uh, so by leaving a little bit on your plate, it shows that you are satisfied and the meal is done. Um, and if anyone is from any of these cultures that I'm talking about, um, I just found these on the Internet. So let me know if you think this is not correct or if you have any other uh, examples of, of kind of food etiquette in your country. Okay. Next, India, we've talked about before. I didn't realize this one. I had, I had been to India and I have some Indian friends, so I'll have to ask them about this one. But apparently um, you shouldn't say thank you too often. Because if you're in a casual setting, you know, just with your friends, um, and you're saying, you know, thank you for them passing you dishes, thank you for this, thank you for that, it kind of becomes too much and it suggests that the relationship is more formal than friendly. So you don't want to imply that like they've really gone out of their way. Um, no, they're just your friend and they're doing that for you because they're your friend. So that was an interesting one for me. Um, let me know if you've heard about that too. And Gigi says is lucky enough to like food from all over the world, would even eat fried beetles. So it sounds like you are very adventurous with what you eat. I've tried quite a few different types of food, but for, I can't, yeah, I haven't tried bugs. You know, some places I've seen, you know, people they can, you can eat like chocolate covered ants or scorpions or things like that. I'm not that adventurous, but um, yeah, let me know, Gigi, what is the most interesting thing you've ever eaten? Okay, the next one, Japan. So slurping is when you kind of like you you uh, sip in your your noodles, but you make some sound. And so in many many parts of the world, this would be considered rude to be making lots of noise as you are eating your noodles. However, in Japan, it's a sign that you're enjoying your meal. So in the picture, you can see that she's kind of um, sucking the noodles up. And they believe that this actually improves the flavor. So by adding some kind of air um, to the noodle, you're helping to cool them down and you're improving the flavor as you eat. So an interesting one, one that you might not want to do in all different countries, but in Japan, you can slurp your noodles and it's not seen to be rude. Okay. Hakim says also in Arabian culture, 
um, it's good to leave your plate empty. Um, and then they keep annoying offering, um, but then they'll keep offering you more food on your plate, which can be annoying sometimes. So maybe you need to, to uh, yeah, maybe you need to leave a little bit there too so they don't keep offering. Yeah, I've noticed that in some some of my friends' cultures too, the, their families, they'll keep offering, offering, offering if you finish. So you need to sometimes like leave a little bit to sort of slow down. Um, and Janet, nice to see you. I am back in my camper van now. So I'm in a more industrial part of Panama at the moment. We're going to be doing some work on the van today. So I'm not at the beautiful beach anymore. But um, yeah, I'll be here for the next week or so, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay so the next one is Egypt um so let me know for this if you if this is also like your culture um so you should never salt your food it's considered a huge insult to the chef and implies that the dish was inadequate for your taste so if you go to a restaurant for instance and they they don't already have um, salt and pepper on the table or other seasonings, it would be seen as very rude to ask for these. Um, so the thought is that they have already spiced it and salted it enough um, and the chef knows best. So let me know in the chat, is this also for your um, culture? In, in Canada and the UK, I think there's always salt and pepper on the table, so it's not seen as rude. Um, I think sometimes if you go to like a fancy restaurant, like maybe a nicer restaurant, it, it might be that they won't have as much salt and pepper or other things on the table. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not too sure. I'm, I'm the type of person who loves spicy food. And so I'll always ask for hot sauce. So I'm sure that I could offend some people by asking for hot sauce too <laughs> at times. Um, but yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's just necessary. Okay, and then another one for South Korea. This is an interesting kind of uh, etiquette or superstition is that the oldest person in the group takes the first bite. Um, so this is interesting. I don't know, sometimes if you had some similar ages, I wonder how you'd, you'd have to ask each other who, who, how old is everyone in the group. Um, but this is seen as just a sign of great respect in the culture. Um, you should also wait for the oldest person to sit down first. Um, and um, yeah, so it's rude in the US um, in comparison, it's rude to start eating until everyone else has been served their food. Okay, Hakim says he's been to Egypt many times and didn't notice anything like that. Okay, so maybe it was, maybe it's an out of date point that I got from this, uh, this website that had some suggestions of food etiquette or maybe it's only at like the fancier restaurants too or maybe it's only in the capital, who knows, not sure. Okay, let's keep going with a couple more examples here. Okay, so this one is quite interesting because it has a historical context. So in Hungary, many people will not say cheers when they are having drinks. And it goes back to 1848. Um, the Austrian government was suppressing a Hungarian um uprising. So it was the Austro-Hungarian empire at that time and um, they would celebrate when they suppressed the uprising by clinking their glasses together so apparently this was supposed to last 150 years so it should have ended around the year 2000 um, but to this day there's still some people who will not cheers and clink glasses together 
when they have drinks. Um, I hadn't heard of that one before at all before. If anyone in the chat is familiar with that too, please let me know. But I quite liked there was kind of a yeah cultural context to that one. Now, what about your country? Are there any specific table manners or food etiquette rules from your country? Um, so I think there's always the ones like where uh, cutlery goes, so where your knife and fork and um, spoons, maybe the dessert spoon goes up here, your salad fork goes on the outside, your main fork comes in. So there's all these kind of rules about uh, table setup, which could vary country to country. Um, what other food etiquette rules? I think in general, like people will blow on their food to cool it down, but usually I think the proper way would be to just kind of cut things open and let it cool down rather than blowing on it before you eat it. What are some other ones that come to mind? Hmm. Let's see. I guess in the UK, to the opposite from the last one, um, it would be kind of weird to not say cheers <clears throat> before having a drink. So a bit different from, from Hungary in that sense. Are there any other rules kind of from your country? Mm -hmm. Let's see. Now I'm just gonna grab some water. Give me a moment. Mm -hmm. Okay, there we go. Okay. Okay, so Hakim has a good example here. Um, if you have a guest, you can't start eating before them. That would be rude. And when they stop eating, you stop as well. Interesting. So your start and end time is kind of dictated by the guest. And then I guess once they leave, if you're still hungry, you can go and have some more in the kitchen. Um, but yeah, so it's all kind of focused on the guest. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm going to go to the next slide, but if anyone has any more examples, please feel free to add them in the chat at any moment. Um, Ross had another one here. In Mexico, it's considered rude to put your elbows on the table. Yeah, same in Canada and the UK. So maybe that one is around other countries too. Let me know in the chat, other people, if um, it's also bad to put your elbows on the table. Okay. Now, Gigi mentioned that she would even eat fried beetles. Now we're going to go into some unique and adventurous foods. So, I mean, I think probably this is part of the future as more people are seeking out proteins is that we are going to have, you know, these different bugs and beetles in our food sources, whether that's into a powder or otherwise, but it is a way for us to get protein. Um, but today we're just going to look at five kind of unique, interesting foods from around the world. And then I want to know, are there any in your country that people might be surprised about? And which of these five would you try? Okay, so let's get going. The first one from Taiwan is a pig's blood cake. So that's what that 
here is on a stick and it's eaten almost like an ice cream. Um, and this would be a street food that you find in Taiwan. So a pig's blood cake. I don't know if I would eat it. There's this, in other countries, it is, it is popular to have, um, like in the UK, for instance, they eat something called blood puddings that looks kind of similar, served in like a little round disc that you would have as part of your breakfast. So it's definitely something that people eat in other countries as well. But it's interesting here, it's kind of like a, like a seen as a, a street food. Let me know if you've tried this in the chat or if you have uh, something similar that you have in your country too, um, using some sort of blood cake. The next one in Vietnam, a unique and interesting drink in this case is snake wine. So it's said to have medicinal properties. So I don't know if that's true or not, um, but that's what they say. Uh, and they bottle this wine with a snake inside and sometimes scorpions inside too. Um, I guess I might try that, but probably, yeah, I don't know. I'm not even sure if you'd be allowed to take that across a border, for instance, because it has the snake in there. <laughs> kind of, it's an interesting idea, interesting idea. Okay, and then someone in the chat mentioned that they are going to South Africa soon. So there's many interesting meats that they eat in South Africa. Um, this is actually one of the places I went where I was a bit more adventurous with trying different things. So I tried uh, ostrich, which is in the picture here. Um, so ostrich meat is low in cholesterol. It's a very healthy and lean meat. And it's becoming more popular around the world. People also eating their huge eggs. Um, so yeah, I found it tasted like, yeah, just a very, very lean meat. It didn't taste too gamey, like maybe deer tastes if you've had it, venison, we can call it. Um, so yeah, I think it was okay. Um, another meat I tried when I was in South Africa was wildebeest. So those are the ones that kind of look like cows. Uh, they're always running around with the zebras, if you've seen pictures of that. Um, and that tasted like a very nice kind of rich flavored beef. So I thought the wildebeest was very good. Um, and the ostrich was all right. Nothing, nothing amazing for me. Let me know in the chat if you've tried um, some of these kind of interesting and unique meats. Next, we have one which I think people also eat these in other parts of the world too. But in Uganda, it's particularly popular to eat grasshoppers as a snack. Um, so they'll be caught during the rainy season and people will have them cooked or raw and they're sold with or without the legs. So this would be something that you would find in the marketplace and people would have this as a snack. Let me know in the chat if this is also something you've tried or if this is something that you would find in the markets um, where you live. Okay. Let's see what we have next. Okay, so one that's popping up back in Europe and France is pigeon. So pigeon is, are those little gray birds that you see um, often in big plazas around the world. And most places they're considered to be kind of a dirty street animal. But they are starting to be um, grown up kind of in captivity, so in cages, and then people will uh, use these as a delicacy. So 
it's it's um, people say that it has like a nice robust or strong flavor, but it's not quite widely accepted yet. Um, I did try this once. It was a restaurant in the Netherlands, um, but it was kind of weird <laughs> to be honest. But it was I mean it was just weird because I knew what it was. Um, but otherwise, I think probably it's it's a it's a fine source of protein. And in Colombia, Janet says um, they eat ants in Bucaramanga. Okay, would you eat the ants like on their own, or are they like chocolate covered or roasted? What do you how do you prepare the ants? Okay, so we had five um, five examples of kind of interesting foods from or unique foods from around the world. Which one would you like to try? In Chiapas, also people, um, Mexican people eat ants. Yes, absolutely. I th in Oaxaca too, there was a lot of different bugs that people eat as snacks in the markets. You could, with spices, right? So which one would you like to try out of these five? I guess if you're, a, if you are a vegetarian, then all of this might not really <laughs> appeal except i guess the the wine doesn't necessarily have the animal so maybe maybe if you're vegetarian it would be that or none of them um okay and yeah let me know if there's any other any other things that you've tried yeah many people also eat grasshoppers ants wormed all of them fried yeah i think basically any of these things fried and adding lots of salt or spices just makes it into a good snack that probably goes quite well with having a cold beer at the end of the day. <laughs> um, all right, so most people saying they would like to try pigeon. Perfect. Yeah, it was very it was very similar to having having chicken, I think. A little bit of a darker meat. But cool. All right, and to end off today, our foodie chat, uh, we're gonna end with some foodie expressions. So do you know any English expressions with food? Um, so any sort of idioms where we have some sort of food item included, let me know. Um, yeah, so we've talked about lots of different types of food today. Where I am currently in Panama, so I think it's similar to a lot of other Central American countries. Uh, you'll have kind of rice and beans. They have this really delicious um, fried cheese they'll have at breakfast too often. Um, it's almost like halloumi if you've had it before. What else they have here? There's different soups they'll have here that I've tried. Um, you can find lots of empanadas and things around, but they might be more like South American style, but there's just restaurants here. But yeah, Panama itself, the city is very international. So you can find food from all over the world. So I'm back in the city now. Don't burn the water means someone does not know the cooking. Ah, oh, I haven't heard that one before, but I like it. <laughs> um, don't burn the water. 
Hakeem, yeah, you can say that someone's stuffed. Yeah, that one's when you're really full. You can say, I'm stuffed. Garnachas, or maybe garnishes you're thinking of. Garnishes are what we would put. Um, yeah, piece of cake. Perfect, Sheena. Yeah, so if something's a piece of cake, super easy. So maybe someone asks you, oh, could you help me with this? You might say, oh, yeah, piece of cake. No problem. I can do that. Excellent examples. Okay, let's go through a few more. Cheapest chips, yeah, that's a good one, Gigi. They say that one particularly in the UK. Um, so in the UK, chips are like French fries, what we would call it in North America. So cheapest chips is definitely commonly, commonly said in the UK. Perfect. Let's see a couple that we have here. So the first one, um, similar to some of the other ones in the previous answers, but it's as easy as pie. So that means very simple to do, so simple that anyone could do it. Uh, and Nadia added another example, great one, to be full of beans. Yeah, if someone's full of beans, it means they have lots of energy. <laughs> so some, you might be hanging out with a friend one day and you'd be like, wow, you're really full of beans. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, and Ross, it's a piece of cake. Yeah, so that's simpler, similar to easy as pie. So I guess pie and cake are considered to be easy, <laughs> which I suppose they can be easy to make. Okay, here's another dessert one. So that's the way the cookie crumbles. So that's just the way things happen or some things turn out in a way that we can't control. So maybe an example here, um, you studied really hard for an exam and then the day of the exam, all of the questions were different and it was really difficult and you could be say to your, your um, fellow student, you might say, oh, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. So. You tried to study, but unfortunately, it did not work out. Our next example here, two peas in a pod. Very cute little picture there. Um, so the peas are inside of what's called the pod. And it means two people who work really well together or they get along really well. So you would often use this for friendships, talking about two people who get along really well. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, very good, Hakeem, that's a great one. So again, that's something that's super easy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um, so two peas in a pod, yeah. Maybe you'd use it to talk about two friends who are always together, they really get along. Okay, to have all your eggs in one basket. Um, so to put too much faith in just one thing, and then if that one thing fails, then you're left with nothing. Um, so, yeah, maybe you have this expression in your language as well, to put all your bags, all your eggs in one basket. And the last one, to butter somebody up. So if you're buttering somebody up, means that you're praising or flattering them. Not necessarily because you believe it, but maybe because you want something from them. So let's say um, a kid is wanting to ask his parent for money or something, and they're being very sweet and offering to help around the house. Then the parent might just be like, oh, you're just buttering me up for something. <laughs> what are you buttering me up for? They might say. Um, perfect. So we covered a lot of ground today. 
from some different foodie countries to visit. We learned about different types of food from people in the chat. Um, learned about some interesting and unique foods that maybe some of us would try and be be um, adventurous. Maybe not <laughs> all of us. <laughs> Definitely not me with everything. I'm not. I'm adventurous in some ways, but with food, not always. Um, but yeah, it was great to see you all again. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day or evening, wherever you are. And I will see you soon. Take care. Bye.